0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Cape podcast. Today I'm going to be doing a solo episode. You may have been listening for the last while and we have had interviewees um, which has been amazing. So this week we'll do a solo episode and I'll give you all the juicy bits that are going on on the farm. Nature wise, bees, um, some adventures and as always just centering upon the fact that nature is here to teach us to heal us and to yeah really bring us back to restoration so before we begin I would also like to ask for your support and um, you can go on to patreon.com slash catch caught and you can make a donation of one euro two euro five euro whatever you like and It is a weekly donation and you can cancel it at any time. Um, It's just a way of me of getting value and a monetary contribution to my work. Uh, The podcast does take up uh, quite a bit of time every week alongside all my other jobs. So I would so appreciate your support. And um, yeah, you're helping me to make a change um, by gathering knowledge of nature for us for our survival for um, regeneration a place where it can actually be stored as well which is great on the podcasts online and that we have access to it whenever we need so if you can please hop on there and support uh, my mission so without further ado let's begin so june and july have brought an immense amount of growth in the natural world, especially in the northern hemisphere. We have so much sunlight. We've had the summer solstice, um, so the longest day of the year. The insects today in particular are going insane. It is amazing to sit out in nature and hear all of the buzzing and the chirping and the trees blowing all of their leaves, like everything is so alive and vibrant right now. very important time for um, optimal growth um, and as we are nature as well within ourselves as well we really are at our optimum I suppose stamina and evolution in the summer months in the northern hemisphere. So the last couple of months I've been really watching nature and how different it is to November December when everything is like retreating and dying off and Shedding, you know, now it's really about gaining layers, expanding, um, multiplication, um, nectar flow, um, uh, giving birth, reproduction, flowers, everything is really just in massive expansion. I've actually seen my first blackberries yesterday, which is amazing. So the 7th of July, crazy, And um, I've had a couple and as well on the farm, I have set up my farm box again. So if any locals are passing, you can pop by and grab some nutritious food just out of the soil. So at the moment I have growing um, potatoes, so loads and loads of potatoes. I have rhubarb, which is very fresh and I love actually stewing it in porridge. It's really nice in the morning uh, with some honey if you have some. Um, I also have kale which is amazing. Um, Sometimes I like to like toss it in a garlic oil and it becomes like kind of like crisps but really good crisps. Um, And then I have what else? Onions of course. Um, Loads of other bits. Cucumbers. I've been pickling cucumbers. I've um, radishes as well which are getting quite big now so I'm going to probably pickle them as well to keep them going and put them in jars. And of course, I've been eating tons of strawberries. So everything is really just in full flow at the moment. So if you are listening and you'd like a vegetable box or anything like that, get in touch. Um, What else has been going on? Um, I have been doing beautiful workshops on the farm. Um, I've been doing Be Wild, my new business project. Um, where actually it has expanded into three different things at the moment, and I'm just going with the flow organically to what the people want. So I've my bee wild group session where we go forest bathing, uh, we explore the world of bees, growing nature education, and wandering the farm and learning all about that. Um, really getting into balance with meditation, breath work. It's really um a wholesome and earthy experience. And that's been taking place on certain Saturdays um, in the summer months. So I'll pop up a date soon for anybody who's interested. I've also been doing kids workshops, um, which have been amazing as well, to educate the young people. And just so exciting seeing their faces light up with the world of bees and seeing grapes and seeing blueberries and seeing strawberries and, of course, having tastings as well. Um, But amazing to be able to... um, I suppose, influence the younger generation because they are the future and this is their future and the planet is their future. Um, so it's up to us to really make sure that the right people are guarding the earth um, as we will all depart. Um, and then I've also been doing one to one hive inspections. Um, so I've had, we'll say, one or two people calm. And we we'll get the suits on We we'll get the equipment going and we go into the hive, the world of the hive, the beautiful, bountiful hive, um, where all things come to life. And we've been inspecting the honey, the propolis, um, the nectar flow, um, watching the bees bringing different properties back to the hive, um, seeing baby bees being born, seeing the queen bee do her jobs. Um, and really just kind of experiencing the world of bees up close and feeling that zen from being around them and that hum and that frequency that we carry with us after it Um, because they do really they resonate at the earth level and a lot of us if we're stuck in our heads or you know we have negative emotions we we would be resonating at a very lower frequency Um, so they're like literally at the top of the states of I suppose consciousness or the scale of vibration with the earth so it really brings us up and helps us to remember who we are because it's just so so much awe and amazement with the world of bees. Um, in other news with the bees last weekend I got to see a double swarm which was insane so assumingly um, two queens would have left the hive at the same time both swarming together in the sky and then two of them landing on the tree separately so two conical shaped kind of love hearts on two different branches but like maybe like half a meter or a meter apart it's just the most amazing thing I've ever seen like I don't know it's just so incredible like literally coming back from the beach and hearing all the buzz and being like something's going on something's going on open the gate and boom bees everywhere you know like could be like 60,000 bees there in two swarms or 70,000 you know it's a lot of bees um I actually did get a sting as well in my arm um yeah so you just like normally with swarms like I've been up close and personal and nothing has happened but this time one of them decided to come and get me but you know It's always important to play it safe and, you know, like the stings, you know, in therapy, they would say the stings are actually a form of um, medicine because they bring inflammation to the area and they bring blood to the area and they bring healing to the area. And they kind of like, they kind of like say it's like acupuncture in a way where you stick a needle in the area and the blood is drawn there. So I don't know. All I know, it kind of hurt a lot. (laughs) But I'm okay. Um, I'll think of it as medicine for my immunity. Um, I've also been catching swarms on the farm. You might have seen on the Patreon site. I put up the photos and some descriptions. So I caught one on the 1st of June and another one on the 8th of June. Both at the same time, at 8pm on Wednesday nights. It was very, 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 very funny. Um, Yeah, and then I actually... Yeah, so I caught one swarm on the farm, one swarm at my dad's house, and then one swarm at a neighbor's house. So if you're hearing of any swarms, give me a call. Um, there's lo- like it's really big swarm season, June. So um, yeah, all of nature is really a multiplication. So at the moment in the hives, uh, when I'm looking in, I'm actually kind of leaving them be at the moment because there's a lot of virgin queens, so the daughters. And they will be in the process of mating and trying to lay eggs um, so it's important not to disturb that process and um, so I've checked the hives with the uh, old queens and they're all doing fine they have eggs but the hives that have the virgin queens they actually don't have eggs at the moment so hopefully they will mate and um, they will come back and start laying because Yeah, it's kind of worrying when you open the hives and you're like, oh my God, there's no eggs, there's no babies being born, there's no brood. And like, you're like, oh my God, are they going to die? Because we need reproduction, you know. So fingers crossed for all my hives um, so that the mating is successful. Um, What else is going on in the hives? I'm seeing a lot of wax being built. So one of the swarms from the farm here, uh, my pink queen, um, The daughter swarmed actually and I put her into a box and it was amazing because within 12 days the whole box was full of wax like honey like comb built amazing and I had a swarm weeks before that and they only had like half of a box built so certain queens certain colonies they just work better you know or they might know where the forage is better or it's just amazing. And as well regarding the mating season, so that's happening right now within the bee world. Um, The mating happens whereby the queen leaves the daughter, she's a virgin, and she goes out to meet the drones in a DCA, so a drone congregation area. And they meet at like 30 metres high in the air and they basically, you know, the reproduction process happens high up in the sky and then the drone actually dies so he loses his I think he loses his body parts and he dies and the queen will mate with several 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 drones to get loads and loads of you know different uh, DNA which is what we want and then she'll come back to the hive and she should start laying within a couple of days Um if she doesn't mate successfully then not good news for the colony you know And sometimes what can happen as well is you get laying workers. So the workers, the females in the hive can start laying and they'll be laying males. So you'll know if they start laying and the queen isn't because there'll be drones everywhere. So they they won't be fertilized. So when the queen lays um, eggs, they're fertilized, Um, which means that she can lay females and males basically. So yeah, it's an exciting world of bees. Um and yeah, it's real start of the blackberry flow right now, so the hives will start filling with honey and then you'll have the removal of the honey crop um if you're taking honey off. Um you know, uh, August, I suppose, or even this month if it starts building building building, so extra equipment is needed all around. So I'm super busy at the moment like building equipment getting everything ready because it's just constant the flow like the boxes are filling you have to add more a box full add more and like I'm building the equipment from scratch like pieces of wood with nails and hammer and glue and it's really hard to just be ready and get going so it's constant like come on keep up let's go let's go nature is you know needing help so yeah another interesting thing about the queen as well is that they have several other glands in their body um that like normal bees don't have so like the normal female workers they have like a queen pheromone so she has a range of pheromones and they have a variety of functions still scientists like we don't really know Um, But the main pheromone is the queen mandibular pheromone. So when she lays eggs, she sometimes, but mostly not, doesn't have like attendants. But if she stands still, basically a bunch of bees will form around her. And then they'll use their antenna or their proboscis to transmit this pheromone from her body. They then walk around throughout the colony and they transmit this queen substance to all the other bees by touching antennas or by trophallaxis. So that's basically where they touch tongues and they can transfer food and stuff. But she does have other glands as well, like the Rayner-Baumann glands, and they stabilize the court. Um, it attracts workers and keeps them there to groom the queen. It also attracts the drones when they're mating and possibly to mount the queen. Um, you also have the Dufour gland, which is for egg laying, the Kosh Evichnov gland, which is a secretion and it's highly attractive to the workers and it deteriorates in queens over one year old and you also have the iron heart glands and it suppresses the production of queen cells. So the queen will walk around in the honeycomb, she leaves behind the pheromone via these glands in her feet. Um, but basically the main one really is the queen mandibular pheromone. And outside of the colony in the uh, the DCA, the drone congregation area, um, this will be emitted um it also is used to hold the swarm together so when you see a swarm moving um they use this pheromone to stay together and if the queen doesn't have this substance this is what makes the actual female workers in the hive start laying um yeah so it's uh it's a massive um It's a complex world, the world of the bees and like all these glands like around the upper, on the upper thorax and there's some kind of on the ends of the legs and some at the back where her reproductive organs are. So it's, it's pretty, it's just amazing, amazing experience um, to look into the hive and to see the queen in all her glory and to watch all of this complexity going on. Another thing I wanted to mention about the bees was my recent adventure to St. Govnath's Wood and well in Ballyvorney County Cork. Um, so St. Govenet is the patron saint of bees, beekeeping um, and there's loads of folklore mythology about St. Govenet. So she, there's actually like a chapel in the, the little town village of Ballyvorney and you can go in there and you can actually see stained glass of her with an old beehive like a skep and it's absolutely amazing and then afterwards you can like drive up towards the wood where you have the holy well some abandoned ruins another church um statue of her with all these bees carved in stone amazing um and it's really it's like a real pilgrimage um so very significant in irish history and she would have been also part of the to a uh, the um, an old tribal Celtic, uh, people. Um. So yeah, pretty pretty profound place. Very mystical. Um. We kind of wandered the wood, wandered the stream in bare feet. I uh, went to the well. You know, I kind of washed my face with the well water, the holy water, and um, just learning about Saint Gobnet, how she kind of, she was coming from the west of ireland i think she had been out on Inish year um and there's a house there in the ruins and she came to cork and there was this noel story of her with nine deer um so a lot of the statues and pictures you can see the deer on it and also the bees so she would have kept bees as well and she used the honey to nurse um the sick and she also used um the bees to she'd open the hives if there was invaders coming and the bees would just go and attack them so there's loads of stories about it but she really had this ancient um, connection with the bees and she had a lot of reverence for them but she's well known for taking care of them and just her ancient wisdom and how she was honored by the local people for all of the good work she'd done so that was a really nice visit for me to go to to see a female beekeeper um who was uh really respected because in in this month's Ambacara, which is the magazine, it there's a section by a female beekeeper up the country, Clothield, a lovely lady, and she talks a lot about um men, the patriarchy in beekeeping basically, because it's the average is over seventy um male and retired, um so it makes it a business that is you know um, maybe like not profitable because like you're you're kind of competing with people who don't really need to make a living if you get me, um so their prices would be very good um regarding honey and whatnot um so that's why myself I've decided to venture down the road of education and taking workshops on the farm because I really think this can help um, us, the future generations and um, the world of bees and our planet and the sustenance of our flowering plants and our crops because remember 90% of our global crops are pollinated by uh, bees. So another adventure I've been on recently snorkeling I don't know if any of you are listening are water babies but the snorkeling at the moment is amazing there's so much sea life I've been snorkeling down in Noval and um, I've gone out so that's in kind of West Cork and I've gone out and into the caves out there and amazing the only thing is I was there alone so when I went out all the way out to the caves it can feel kind of scary because you're so far from the shore and then you can't see because the caves are blocking your view and then like it's kind of dark in there as well and there's like dripping and there's like waves crashing at the back and you can hear the bang. Um, so I was a little bit fearful out there but it was actually amazing as well. Like when I came out it felt really good. Um, the only thing I noticed was the temperature of the ocean has dropped to 11 degrees. Um. So I did find that I was quite cold after because I go in in like a swimsuit. Um, but I did see loads of big fish, like you know, I don't know, two feet long, three feet long, big fish, and kind of kelp jungles, um amazing, and then small little hermit crabs, and then I've been also snorkeling in my local guileen, um which is always amazing for sea life, and I've seen big, big jellies, like huge ones I think the one I saw was a barrel jellyfish so it's about the size of your head it's see-through and um, I think it gives like a mild sting and then I've also seen loads of teeny jellies like you know the size of my little baby finger and they have like this red thing inside and they move really slowly but there was like I must have seen like dozens of them so many I don't really know what kind of sting they give and then big spider crab like massive, like the length of my full arm that was actually really amazing. um, I just couldn't stop looking at them, and I kept like diving down to look at them so cool um and then again, like towering seaweeds and bracks and seaweeds like you know that were like twelve foot high, like amazing lengths um. Yeah so really cool and another thing actually I've been doing for anybody out there who's into wellness and health um, so the saunas that are around the beaches in Ireland are amazing for like health and well-being but what I've been doing as well is like cutting off uh, we'll say three quarters of the bracts at the beach and they're the ones they have like pods in them with jelly and they're really good for our skin but just be careful when you cut them because they have to be cut like not the full way down to the the end because you'll actually stop the growth and it takes a year and a half for the full growth of the seaweed so it's a really long time compared to a plant a land plant so what you actually can do is like cut it off and bring it into the sauna what I've been doing don't make a mess um and then you can you leave it right for like five minutes or ten minutes five minutes maybe and it gets so heated all the gels come out and it's like sticky glue it's amazing how the whole thing just extracts itself and then you can rub it all over your body and it's just so smooth softening your skin when you come out you're like somebody new like 10 years younger it's amazing so for the next month I will be very busy as always especially in the summer season I have to go back outside today now and build a fence. I have to build bee equipment. I have to do the weeds, um, the farm box, all that bits and bobs. Um, so it's very busy time indeed. Um, I also have a couple of markets coming up. Um, I have the Middleton Arts Festival, which is on the 16th of um, July. And I will be doing a talk there with my book, uh, which is really exciting. And I would like to kind of... I suppose finish up today with um, just a bit of reading I got this book from the library John O'Donoghue he wrote a lot about spirituality and Ireland and our our landscapes you know um, and how precious they are and meaningful and significant so I'm just going to read a little bit um, from his book and it is called Walking on the Pastures of Wonder And there's just a little title here called Shelter. He says, There is a special shelter around every person. One of the things that all children should be taught when they're growing up is that there is a shelter around them, but that they won't feel the shelter if they don't expect it and if they don't know that it is there. That shelter is the shelter of your soul. It is the shelter of your God and it is the shelter of your angel. I know that angels are back in fashion now and a lot of the thinking about angels is very soft thinking. I feel that there is a given to each one of us an angel spirit to shelter and protect us and mind us. If you don't think that spirit is beside you then you may never feel its presence but if you do begin to attune into it and become aware of it you will be astounded at the gentleness the encouragement and the inspiration that your angel will bring you. There is some wonderful work done by an American psychologist, David Miller, on the idea of angels and inspiration. One of the great places of wonder is inspiration. The lovely thing about the concept of wonder is that it completely escapes the grid of control and predictability. It seems to witness to another sense of sourcing which cannot be programmed, cannot be expected and which is always receiving with surprise. One of the lovely things about Anglo-Saxon linguistic philosophy is that it is made us aware of the fact that we shouldn't approach the essence of a thing by trying to get a hard definition of it. We should try more to gather the family of concepts or ideas which belong to a reality. If you look like a concept of wonder, inspiration, surprise, expectation, celebration, you have presences like surprise, participation, mystery. There is a wonderful German philosopher, hans George Gadamer, who said in his book that a horizon is something towards which we move, but it is also something that moves along with us. One nice metaphor of human growth would be that you could be always moving to a new horizon, not abandoning the former ones, but in the graciousness of memory's loyalty, actually bringing them along with you so that you are coming to new places all the time. One of the lovely things about wonder is that it is also the sister of novelty and newness and freshness. There's also a little bit um, on imagination, just a few lines. In a way, imagination is a quality in the family of wonder. Imagination never pretends to know it all. It never demands or claims an absolute standpoint, but it always relishes and celebrates the fact that it is on the threshold where it cannot see everything. It It is not predetermined concepts or ideas. The child has incredible imagination. When you think of how we all came into the world, we were actually several years of our lives, absolute practitioners. Every little girl and boy was a priestess and priest of the imagination. It's very compassionate. It will never take one side or a polarity. It will try to weave together both of them. Each person is always on the threshold between their inner world and their outer world, between light and darkness, between known and unknown, question and quest, fact and possibility. When you awaken someone's imagination, you are giving them a new kingdom, a new world. Christ is the imagination, which I think is one of the most beautiful theological statements I have ever heard. If you look at the Son of God, the story of creation, he was the first other that ever was. And I believe the prism of all difference that is. Imagination in the blackane sense is about the awakening to and the recognition of the sacredness of all the difference that is. Where the imagination is alive, wonder is completely alive. Possibility is awake because imagination is the great friend of possibility. Facts are retarded possibilities, but for every fact that becomes a fact, there are seven, eight, maybe 500 possibilities hanging around in the background. You wonder at destiny, at the way that your life actually flows and moves and groves. I have a great suspicion of an awful lot what is parodied as moral decision and moral rectitude. There is a beautiful morality of possibility to be written. Choice is always about loss. You choose one thing over the other several things. And maybe the soul doesn't want to do that. It's a very interesting question whether in the course of your life you had to choose one direction if in actual fact unknown to you in the invisible area of your life, in the unknown area of your life, your other unchosen lives might not actually travel with you as well. Maybe one of the great surprises we will get in the wonder moment of after death is that when we waken up and straighten up in the new kingdom, we will find that all our unchosen and unlived lives are there to welcome us as well. Landscape. Humans have tamed landscape. They have floors which make the ground level. Landscape is always there. There's a zen-like stillness to it. When you come back after 10 years, you'll always find it in the same place. I love mountains. I feel that mountains are huge contemplatives. They're there and they're there in the presence up to our necks and they're still in it and within it, and with it. Your body is made out of clay, so your body is actually a miniature landscape that has got up from under the earth and is now walking on the normal landscape. If you go out for several hours into a place that is wild, your mind begins to slow down, down, down. What is happening is that the clay of your body is retrieving its own sense of sisterhood and that great clay of the landscape. Water in a landscape is a fascinating thing as well. I often think that water is the tears of the earth's joy and sadness. Every kind of water in the landscape has a different kind of tonality and a different kind of presence. You think of the stillness of a well, the energy of a stream, of the totality of the ocean or the singularity in memory of a river. The trees are incredible presences, incredible symmetry between its inner life, outer life, rooted memory, external presence. A tree grows up and grows down at once and produces enough branches to incarnate its wild divinity. It doesn't limit itself, it reaches for the sky and for the source, all in one seamless movement. So I think landscape is an incredible teacher. Something shifts inside new. We are guests of the universe and that landscape was the firstborn of creation and was where hundreds of millions of years before us. It knows what is actually going on. To put it in a theological way, I feel that landscape is always at prayer and its prayer is seamless. It is always enfolded in the presence. It is a high work of imagination because there is no repetition in a landscape. Every stone, tree, field is a different place. When your eye begins to become attentive to this panorama of differentiation, then you realise what a privilege it is to actually be here. So, folks... That was Walking on the Pastures of Wonder, John O'Donoghue. Amazing, amazing book. I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm devouring it. Just really wakens up your mind. The beauty that is all around us um, and to appreciate it. So I'd like to thank you for listening in today. Um, Farm updates, adventure updates, nature updates of July. Um, And hopefully I will get another interviewee again. Um if you can support me, this mission, this work, please go on to patreon.com slash catchkate. It could be as little as one euro a week um to help me keep it going. Um I would like to keep it going, but it is costly time-wise, um, regarding how busy I am. Um so I hope that you can join on there and help me keep this going um, and get more interviewees so we can share the love and the knowledge of nature. Thank you to everyone who supported me so far I wish you a beautiful day um, one of the best phrases I learned is this too shall pass for anybody that's going through anything difficult um, and yeah check out my website for a be wild event and come and join me here um, I'd love to meet you ciao